Welcome to the IM Academy podcast. Academy and welcome to your second student-led podcast. My name is Venice and I, alongside with Marguerite, will be your host for today. So the topic that we decided to talk to you about is the importance of sleep. Admittedly, delving into a topic of sleep for your second podcast seems a bit unusual, but we will be telling you exactly as to why sleep is now significantly more important than ever before. So let's start with the most basic of the questions. Why do we need sleep and how much of it do we need? The human body regulates sleep the same way that it regulates eating, drinking, and breathing. While there are many theories out there that attempt to examine the biological reasoning behind the human need for sleep, there is no single hypothesis that definitively provides a scientifically proven verdict. So essentially, we don't know as to why we need to sleep. However, we do know that, although we often think of sleep as a time when our bodies and brain shut down and go into autopilot mode, it's actually quite the opposite. While you're asleep, your body is hard at work restoring energy, repairing cells, and releasing essential hormones. Sleep serves as the ultimate time to heal and recover so you can take on the next day feeling rejuvenated and sharp. In terms of how much sleep we require, the perfect amount of sleep will vary by age and by person but there are scientifically agreed-upon consensus ranges you can follow to ensure you're catching enough of it. An average adult, for example, needs between 7 to 9 hours of sleep. For children between the ages of 6 and 12 years, 9 to 12 hours of sleep are recommended, and for teenagers, 8 to 10 hours is the recommendation. Now, with the most common questions out of the way, let's discuss what the impacts of the sleep on your mind and body, beginning first with our immune system. So nowadays, when we first think of immunity, the first word that pops up in our mind is COVID-19. Now let me quickly add, in terms of sleep and COVID-19, right now we don't necessarily have any evidence to suggest there's a sort of a link between those two. But we do know that there is a very intimate relationship between your sleep health and your immune health. I'll give you a couple of examples. There was a study some years ago that demonstrated that individuals who reported getting less than seven hours of sleep had almost a three-fold increased likelihood of becoming infected by the rhinovirus, which is what we all think of as a common cold, relative to those who were getting eight hours of sleep or more. There was another study in over 50,000 women, and what they found was that individuals who were getting five hours of sleep or less had a 70% increased risk of developing pneumonia a respiratory lung infection, relative to those who are getting eight hours or more. That is a very magnificent rise indeed. But I think perhaps one of the most striking in this relationship and immune health is a study where they demonstrated if you're not getting sufficient sleep, in the week before you get your flu shot, you produce less than 50% of the normal antibody response, therefore rendering that vaccination is significantly less effective. Now, having recently developed the vaccine and getting both the shots myself, the question that really rises is that, is the same thing true? If you're not getting sleep that you need in the week before you get your COVID shot, will that immunization become significantly less effective? This is a question that hasn't been answered yet, but will certainly need to be in future. However, given that this is a fairly new threat to humanity, I think sleep will help our immune systems to fight this epic battle against the virus. Yes, very true. Now wrapping up the topic of sleep's role on immune health, I would say that as of now, we know that sleep essentially restocks the weaponry in your immune arsenal, giving you the greatest chance to fight off the infection. 
hence making it very important in recent times. Now let's move on to the topic of sleep's effect on mind and especially learning. To begin with, sleep is incredibly beneficial for learning memory and creativity. And when it comes to memory, sleep is important in perhaps at least three ways. Firstly, we know that you need sleep before learning to actually prepare your brain, a little bit like a dry sponge ready to initially absorb new memories and lay down those new memory traces. But that's not enough. You not only need sleep before learning to imprint those memories into the brain, you also need sleep after learning to essentially cement those new memories into the neural architecture of the brain so that you don't forget. And certainly, there is a very good evidence for that. In fact, sleep almost performs a file transfer mechanism, where it takes memories and shifts them from a short-term vulnerable reservoir to a more permanent, long-term storage site within the brain. That's what we used to think sleep was beneficial for, taking individual memories and holding on to them. However, we've since discovered that sleep is actually much more intelligent than that. Sleep will take new memories and start to integrate and associate them with pre-existing stores of information. So it's almost a little bit like memory alchemy at night. This means that you wake up the next day with a revised mind-wide web of associations that lead to a remarkable states of creativity. And there's a lot of good examples for this. There are experiments conducted in laboratories showing that sleep can inspire almost threefold increase in creative insights, and it's probably the reason that you know that you have never been told to stay awake on a problem, but instead, you're told to sleep on a problem. And I think this saying exists almost in every language I've inquired about. Which means that this creative benefit of sleep transcends cultural boundaries. Also, there was a study where participants were divided into two groups. One got full eight hours of sleep and the other got none. The difference between their test scores were 40%. The ones that did sleep, well, did better by 40%. And this is a very significant number, especially in our students' lives. It can literally be the difference between acing the test and failing it. Yet it's not just creativity, but sleep can also change our emotional and mood state by making us feel better the next day. So that's what we're now starting to learn. Another function of sleep for the mind is that it provides a form of overnight therapy. Sleep will take those difficult, stressful situations or problems and will act almost like a nocturnal soothing balm, like taking the sharp edges off our emotional experiences, so that when we come back the next day, we don't feel as challenged or irritated by those events anymore. I was actually really, really amazed whilst doing the research for the podcast. The theories and research papers are just mind-boggling. So for this, I suppose it's not necessarily time that heals all wounds. It's time with a good night of sleep that provides a form of emotional convalescence. And that's perhaps particularly important in this modern era. I think there's a lovely quote by the American entrepreneur Joseph E. Cosmand, and he said, the best bridge between despair and hope is a good night of sleep. And I think that's particularly prescient right now. Another issue that I suspect a lot of people are wrestling with right now is that a lot of people's response of having more time on their hands and feeling a bit stressed is to imagine more and more delicious things to eat and cook, coupled with the fact that there's a reduction of physical activity is actually leading to weight gain. Savenya, how is sleep playing a role in this? So it's actually true that not having sufficient sleep can lead to weight gain. The first piece of evidence concerns hormones and two specific hormones that control our hunger level. They're called leptin and ghrelin. Now I know they sound almost like hobbits, but I promise you they're not. They're actually quite real hormones. Now leptin, when it's released, is a signal to your brain to say you're full, you're satiated, and you do not want to eat anymore. 
Whereas ghrelin does the opposite. It says you're not full, you're not satisfied with your food, you should eat more. And when we start to undersleep, those two hormones go in the opposite directions. We lose the signal that says you're full and you're satisfied with your meal, which is leptin, but we increase the hormone that says no, you're actually hungry, even though you've just eaten. So as a consequence, people who are underslept can start to eat somewhere between two to 400 extra calories per day. Also, it's not just that you start to eat more, is that you're, when you're underslept, your preference for different food groups shifts. You start to desire more heavy-hitting carbohydrates and more processed sugary foods rather than those healthy macro ingredients, which also sort of sets you off on a path towards more obesogenic pro- and as well changes the way your brain operates in response to food. There was a study a couple of years ago by Dr. Matthew Walker where they gave a set of people good night of sleep and kept the other set awake for a night. It then placed them inside an MRI scanner and showed them different types of food groups and things that were very desirable, such as ice cream, chocolate, etc., or healthy leafy greens. And what they found is that people who were not getting the sleep that they needed, the sort of deep hedonic centers of the brain were actually ramped up in response to desirable food. They started to want those more unhealthy food, and this in part was because the frontal lobe in their brain, which almost acts like the sort of CEO of the brain regulating and controlling our impulses and our emotions, was actually switched off by a lack of sleep. And this is why they started to reach for those unhealthy food choices. But I think we can think of that more positively and say perhaps sleep can actually return your box that can enable you to manage your weight more efficiently. But to be perfectly honest, no amount of sleep will make me fall in love with broccoli. Lastly, let's discuss another issue regarding sleep in the recent times. Electronic devices and their effect on sleep. Now technology has done wonderful things for us. It has allowed us to continue with our education amidst the virus, as well as talk to our friends and family members. However, improvement of our sleep is not on the list. Firstly, there is a concern about the blue light that comes off from some of these devices, and the blue light will typically stamp the brakes of the release of the hormone that is called melatonin. Melatonin is the hormone that signals your brain and your body that it's nighttime, that it's dark, and we need that signal of the darkness to enable our healthy timing of a sleep, and in some ways we are the dark-deprived society in this modern era. But more recently, I think that's been debated. What I do think perhaps is greater impact of technology is less so with the blue light coming from these devices, but more so physiological activation that these devices trigger. Have you ever noticed that when you use your phone, especially before bed, it can cause something called sleep procrastination? That's actually a real thing. When you get into bed and you're really tired, you're sleepy, you could easily fall asleep, but you think, well, I'll just really quickly check Instagram one last time, or I'll just quickly send that tweet or teams for those really conscientious people out there. 30 minutes later, and now you're deficient by half an hour in terms of your sleep. Now for the ultimate question, Rita, how much sleep did you get today? Uh, actually, that was the last question, so thank you for listening to our segment on the importance of sleep. We really hope it was as interesting for you to listen to than it was for us to research. We will actually be covering top tips on how someone can get a really great night's sleep beyond the typical what we call sleep hygiene factors such as controlling your light, making your room a cool place or being mindful of the caffeine in the next podcast. So stay tuned and have a good night's sleep.